Good morning and Merry Christmas Eve. It's wonderful to have all of you here this morning. My name is Chris and I am one of the elders, the pastor here at Covenant Life Church. We just want to welcome you if you're visiting with us and also be praying for all those that are traveling who are a part of us. And it's a wonderful time to be with family and friends. It's just a blessing to have all of you here. How often do we experience something truly wondrous, but because it's become a routine to us, it sort of loses its wonder. We get so used to it, we're just not as filled with wonder and awe as we, as we probably should be. I, I think it can happen in some of the most basic things that we have and almost take for granted these days. Like when I get on a plane to travel to Kenya, which is halfway around the world, 8,031 miles from Atlanta, I get to make that trip in less than 17 hours, traveling at 30,000 feet, while I get to watch all the movies I wanna watch and get served as much food and beverage as I would like to have. Well, I used to. And I see that these days, not as the wonder of it all, but I have to tolerate it. It's something I almost dread. You probably do too if you fly a lot. But if you fully consider the the amazing feat it is to get in an airplane and fly, it's truly a wonder. It is remarkable. I mean, up to 120 years ago, no one had ever done it. But in 1903, the famous Wright brothers built a man-made contraption and flew it for 59 seconds. And then 66 years later, Neil Armstrong flew to the moon. And now, today, the International Space Station flies around the Earth at a speed of 17,000 miles per hour. That's five miles per second. And here is just a little bit of footage, time-lapsed 4K footage from the International Space Station. Let's be full of wonder. Isn't that amazing? In just 99 years, mankind went from not having ever flown before to orbiting Earth once every 92 minutes. That's 16 times in a 24-hour period. That's 16 sunrises they get to witness and 16 sunsets they get to see. I would say that's pretty wonderful. There's a song we sing this time of year and it has a verse that says, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Oh, the wonders of his love. Has it become so routine that it's lost its luster in our eyes, that we're no longer in awe of what he has done, that the wonder of it all is lost on us, that when God became flesh and blood and dwelt among us, we could behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Yes, the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. This morning, I've asked uh, some of my friends, Truman, Elizabeth, Trish, Austin, Joyce, Tracy, and Alba Luisa to join me as we recount some of the wonder of God's love from a passage the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4, 8. And as they come and gather here at the front, y'all can come over on this side. There's a microphone on that side there. Good. As they, as they make their way to the front, I want to just read these verses to you from 1 John 4, 8. John says, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God is love. And just like that 4K footage that we got to see that might help us understand the wonders of creation, I hope that hearing this passage in seven other languages might help us to grasp the wonders of his love to the whole world. Truman? This is Mandarin. 神就是爱神差遣他的主圣子到世上来要使我们借着他而活神的爱就在我们中间显明了不是我们的爱神而是神爱我们差遣他的儿子为我们做赎罪的祭神は愛であるそのその一人子を世に遣わし彼によって私たちを生きるようにしてくださったそれによって私たちは神に対する神の愛が明らかにされたのである私たちが神を愛したのではなく神が私たちを愛してくださって私たちの罪のために贖いの供
se ombe wu ne ba se ombe wu maye e maria se se yemfa ne so enyankwa ye muna odonowo enye se yen na ye do onyankopon na mo ne mo ono na odo yen se asuma na yen so yen Bonne and Pata. Amen. The Juja let an eutum. Taylor got to Juja. Bill or ten eutum gonyai. Ravam jumta. The Juja that I gong mob gonyai. Then the young day noy gong a jumta took some. Then eutum a jumdo nay. Không phải chúng ta đã yêu thương kính Đức Chúa Trời, <cười> nhưng Ngài đã yêu thương chúng ta và sai con làm xin để hy sinh chuộc tội lỗi chúng ta. Porque Dios es amor. Así manifestó Dios su amor entre nosotros, en que envió a su Hijo único al mundo para que vivamos por medio de Él. En esto consiste el amor, no en que nosotros hayamos amado a Dios, sino en que Él nos amó y envió a su Hijo para que fuera ofrecido como sacrificio por el perdón de nuestros pecados. Chinese, Japanese, French, Korean, Twi, a Ghanaian language, Brother Yao. Did you understand it? <laughs> Vietnamese, Spanish. And had we not had a few that were out of town, we could have had five or six more languages this morning. The wonders of his love to us to send these amazing believers in Jesus who have a heart not only for the American culture and people, but also for the nations of the world. God is love in any language, in every language. And we know God is love not simply because he said so, but because he did so. God sent his indescribable gift, his only son. And while his carnation was a step down for him, it was the possibility of a step up for us. Theologian Chad Bird writes, when the son becomes one of us, this is not God slumming with humanity. It's not like a human becoming a bug or an eagle, a flea. No, the incarnation is not so much God made small as it is humanity made big. The God who made man in his own image outdoes himself. He makes himself into his own image and thereby exalts all of us. Jesus becomes what we are, a woman's child, that he might make us what he is, a child of the Father. I want us just to look at this account of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. You know, the story Cinderella starts with once upon a time. And that's a common way to start children's stories, fairy tales, fables. But this story in Luke starts with Caesar Augustus issuing a decree and Quirinius governing over Syria. And a Roman census forcing a very pregnant Mary to travel to Bethlehem with her betrothed Joseph, where she then gives birth and lies the child in a manger. As Tyler Staten said, it sounds more like a news report than a fable. This actually happened. And this is where it happened and when it happened and to whom it happened. Luke's account continues in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Son of God, the indescribable gift of the Father, came into the world. But apart from some shepherds and a few wise men from the East, no one really noticed the same John who told us that God is love also wrote these words. He said, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. His arrival should have been celebrated by the, 
by the powerful and the popular as much as it was by the poor. They should have all sought him out. They should have been expecting his coming. They should have been looking for when he would appear. They should have gone and paid homage. But instead, they hardly noticed. The priests, King Herod, the religious leaders, Rome, none of them paid any attention at all. Yet, John continues, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. That's the promise of his wondrous love, that all who would receive him, including all of us today, who would receive him, he gives the right to be called the children of God. That he not only came for us, that that could be possible, but also died for us to pay the penalty of our sin, which I realize for some doesn't make any sense. That God would require this is hard to fathom. That he would allow it to happen is even more hard to fathom. But understand, there is no other way to bring us back into a relationship with God. You see, from the beginning, we have separated ourselves from God. At our core and in our hearts, we want to do things apart from him. At a distance, live our own life, live our own way, determine our own fate, make our own choices. It all leads to habits we can't break, thoughts we can't forget, and emotions we don't like, and fears we can't hide, regrets we can't shake, and words we wish we had never said. It's what the Bible calls sin, separation from God. It's us trying to do life apart from the creator who made life. Doing what we think will make us happy, making for ourselves our own choices and determination and identification, but all of it leading us into fear, deception, and isolation from him. And so, because we've rebelled against God, the only way a holy God can have a relationship with us, those he loves, those he created, is for him to make a way of atonement. In the Old Testament, it was, a, it was a sacrificial system that he put into place where on behalf of God's people, a priest would take a perfect lamb and shed its blood to atone or to cover the sin of the people. But that system was incomplete and really it was only designed to point to Jesus, who is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The perfect lamb, the final sacrifice, there is no other necessary. Jesus lived a sinless life and died on a cross for you and me to both satisfy the wrath that we deserved and to reconcile us with God, our creator, God, our father. When the angel appeared to those shepherds 
proclaiming good news of great joy for all people. He was pointing to the wonders of God's love, where Jesus would take our sin and then give to us his righteousness. And it's not because we deserve it or because we could earn it. It's God's free gift of salvation by grace, through faith. And the only thing to do with a gift like that is to receive it, to unwrap it, and to live in the full wonder of his love. It is my prayer for all of you sitting here today and watching that on this Christmas Eve, on this day before we celebrate and recognize the birth of Jesus, the indescribable gift, that God will open our eyes to see the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love, that we'll receive the gift of the Father who is Jesus, his son, who became as we are a woman's child, that we might become as he is, the father's children. Fear not, the angel said, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the peoples. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Donna's gonna come. We're going to light the Christ candle and then we're going to sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Out of the eternal love of God, he sent Christ to the world to give his life as a ransom for our sin. His name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The ever-increasing government is on his shoulder. He reigns in righteousness and rules with justice. The king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand with us? Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, the glories of your righteousness and the wonders of your love. Open our eyes to see it, Lord. Open our eyes to see you, the indescribable gift. Whether we have ever met you before or whether we've walked with you for many years, may the eyes of our heart be open to see the wonders of your love and to receive the indescribable gift given to us by the Father and unwrap it for ourselves and give our lives to it fully and live fully in the wonders of your love. I pray that this Christmas time, this evening and tomorrow as we look and commemorate your coming, that we will be more fully changed into your image. And that the love that you've shown to us 
that you not only spoke about, but also did something about would change our hearts and our lives and our families and our children and our community and our nation and the world. He rules the world with grace and truth. Let nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Amen.